Welcome back to Declaring Liberty, a podcast where the Constitution and the issues actually matter, and we don't chase the stupid shiny objects like everybody else. So are you enjoying this impeachment circus? You know, I told you that the phone call transcript wasn't going to be the end of everything, yet I still hear the fools on talk radio and Fox News and everybody else and idiot quote-unquote conservative media keep saying that, oh, well, we have the transcript. What else do we need? There's nothing else to know. We have the transcript. I told you people that the transcript was just going to be the beginning of this. The transcript did not exist in a vacuum. There's other things that are going to come out surrounding the transcript. This was a phone call between two presidents. They don't just pick up the phone and call each other and start shooting the shit. There is preparation leading up to the phone call. There are discussions about the phone call. What is going to be said in the phone call? What is the purpose of our phone call? What do we want to achieve here? There are follow-up conversations and follow-up actions. There are many people involved, lots of witnesses, lots of documents. There's all kinds of stuff besides the phone call that is going to be a part of this entire impeachment inquiry. Don't listen to the idiots in talk radio and every damn where else on, in quote-unquote conservative media telling you that, oh, there's nothing in the transcript. These friggin' people, they're either stupid or they're just such mindless cheerleaders that it's, I don't know why you would listen to any of them. I really don't. It's pointless to listen to most of these people because all you're getting is propaganda from the right. You, we bemoan the left-wing propaganda of the mainstream media while simultaneously lapping up the propaganda from our own side. Well, count me the hell out of it. I can't even take listening to any of them anymore. Have you noticed what they don't discuss at all? Uh, they don't discuss any real issues. Like... Here's an issue, for example. Did you know that our federal deficit, our budget deficit, is the highest it's been in more than seven years? Oh, yeah. Since uh, the middle of the Obama administration, our deficits are just as bad as the worst times during the Obama administration. How do you like that? That's what, that's what we get with a Republican-controlled Congress. Well, the first two years of Trump's administration was a Republican-controlled Congress. We still have the Senate, so we control half of Congress, and we control the White House, which means Trump can veto any crap budget bill. But he doesn't. The president who... <laughs> who of course, it was a ridiculous promise, but nonetheless, he made this promise. He promised that he was going to not just reduce the deficit, but eliminate our entire national debt in eight years. That's what he... <laughs> it's ridiculous, um, of course. But nonetheless, he promised that he was going to eliminate our national debt, which at the time he was running for off with office was around... 20 trillion dollars. It's now about 23 trillion dollars because we are adding approximately a trillion dollars each and every year 
to the national debt. The only president who uh, can rival the current president in deficit spending is Barack Obama. And in fact, if this continues and Trump has eight years, Trump will eclipse Barack Obama as the worst deficit spending president in American history if we continue on the track we currently are on. So there's an issue that these geniuses in talk radio don't talk about. Imagine if a Democrat was president and this exact same thing was happening. Imagine if Hillary Clinton had won the election in 2016 and we have a $1 trillion deficit. These jackasses, these freaking frauds in quote-unquote conservative talk media would be jumping down her throat like they did when Obama was president. But now, because our guy is in the is in the Oval Office, we don't care. We don't bring we don't bring that up at all. We don't touch that. You know, the, the debt doesn't care who who the president is. The laws of economics don't give a damn who the president is. This debt is going to cripple, if not destroy, our economy in the future, and it doesn't care. The laws of economic don't give a damn who accumulated the debt, whether it was a Republican or whether it was a Democrat. Laws of economics don't care, like apparently uh, the frauds on our side do. They only care if it's a Democrat in the White House when we're accumulating these massive debts, these massive deficits. When, when a Republican's in the office, well, yeah, we don't care. We, we don't care. Here's another thing we don't give a damn about. Um, illegal immigration. Here's an article from the Washington Examiner. Came out a couple days ago. Headline, most illegal crossings in 12 years. Border Patrol took 851,000 into custody during fiscal 2019. And it begins this way. Border Patrol agents working along the United States-Mexico border took into custody approximately 851,000 people in the U.S. government's fiscal 2019, marking the highest number of arrests since 2007, according to federal data exclusively obtained by the Washington Examiner. Roughly 40,000 people were apprehended after crossing into Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and California during the month of September. That number was added to the previous 11 months to bring fiscal 2019, which ran October 1, 2018 through September 30th, to slightly more than 851,000 arrests. Those arrested for illegally crossing into the U.S. from Mexico may have claimed asylum once in custody, but that figure is not released by the government each month. The 851,000 arrested at the southern border does not include the number of people who approached ports of entry or border crossings to claim asylum or passed through but were turned away. U.S. Customs and Border Protection, blah, 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 blah. All right. 851,000 arrests. Those are only the number that we apprehended. Imagine all of those who evaded detention and got into the U.S. scot-free. We're talking well over a million. And by the way, you know damn well that most of these 851,000 who were apprehended were released into the United States. You do, you are aware of that, right? Because of this catch and release policy that we continue to do. Um, in fact, Trump ended it a couple weeks ago, 
But then a judge shut him down. And then, of course, uh, Trump just, uh, you know, bowed down to the judge and did whatever the judge said. Uh, a district judge, a lowly trial court judge in one tiny little district issues another nationwide injunction completely illegally, completely contrary to the Constitution, and shuts down the president's entire border patrol policy. Uh, border enforcement policy. And what does Trump do? He bends over, grabs his ankles, and says, thank you, sir. May I have another? The president, if he were serious, which he clearly is not about enforcing our immigration laws, he would ignore these obviously rogue, unconstitutional district court nationwide injunctions. Go ahead and abide by the court's ruling in that little jurisdiction that that judge oversees. But everywhere else, you ignore it. These district court judges have no authority to issue nationwide injunctions. They only sit over their tiny little district. Beyond that, they have no jurisdiction. Yet we allow these judges to... And it's just one judge. You could have 10 district court judges issue a ruling upholding the president's catch and release policy. But if just one district court judge issues a nationwide injunction, then that's the judge that we obey. We ignore those other judges who say it's okay and we obey the one who says it's not. The one who, who issues an illegal, unconstitutional nationwide injunction. That's the one that we follow. As I say, Trump is not serious about the border. He's simply not. We are three years just about into his term, and illegal immigration is the worst that it's been in 12 freaking years. It's worse than when he took office. It's worse than last year. It's worse than at any time during the administration of Barack Obama. It's the worst since 2007. When did Barack Obama win the White House? He won in 2008. He didn't take office until 2009 in January. Illegal immigration last year, the, week, the year, the most recent year for which, which we have figures that just ended a few days ago. Illegal immigration is worse now than at any time during Barack Obama's presidency. Let that sink in. We are three years into the presidency of Donald Trump. His main signature issue was illegal immigration, building a big, beautiful wall that Mexico was going to pay for. We were going to deport people left and right. We were going to get rid of all these people. We were going to shut down the border. We were going to end illegal immigration. The exact opposite has happened. It has gotten worse. It is off the charts. It is head and shoulders worse than the guy he replaced. So don't tell me, oh, but if if you go on talk radio, they're going to tell you how, oh, Trump is winning on the border. Why? Because he built 20 miles of fence, 15 of which was just replacing existing fencing. You know, I'm being a little hyperbolic here. I don't have the numbers. But the... We have a 2,000-mile border with Mexico. Throwing up a few miles of border fence isn't going to do a damn thing. We're three years in. We have almost no fencing. 
if Trump doesn't win re-election and actually build the entire wall, you know, if he doesn't actually start keeping his promise in a second second term, because he obviously didn't in his first term, if he starts doing that, if he loses re-election, he's a complete failure on this issue. A complete failure. It's much worse now than ever before. And the, the cheerleaders on talk radio will tell you the exact opposite. Um, but, you know, they got you chasing the shiny objects. You know, many of these people, if they were looking at the facts that are going on, on in this country right now, they and a Democrat was in office, they would be railing against them on the immigration stuff, on the debt, and a bunch of others. Gun control, that's, that's lurking out there. Trump is still signaling that he's he's interested in gun control. That's another thing we'd be railing against him on. But, you know, our talk radio guys, they don't give a damn about issues anymore. They don't give a damn about our future anymore. They don't give a damn about conservatism anymore. They're interested only in their audience. Getting their audience as big as possible. And the way to do that is just simply avoid talking about the issues. Because you can't talk about the issues without criticizing the current occupant of the White House. You just can't if you're going to be intellectually honest about it. So they completely ignore these issues because they don't want the backlash from the Trump sycophants in their audience. That's the truth of the matter. That's what's going on. That's why we can't advance our agenda at all. That's why we're not actually winning a freaking thing in terms of the issues because we can't hold this president's feet to the fire because all we have is lapdog media on the right. That's it. You know, it's amazing. These people chided the left-wing media for being lapdog, the lapdog media for Barack Obama. Our guys are the lapdog media for President Trump. We're not winning a freaking thing on the issues. Nothing. But we're supposed to be happy with mean tweets and, uh, you know, that kind of crap. Meanwhile, illegal immigration is the worst that it's been since, since uh, 2007, worse than at any time during the Obama administration. The, the debt is $23 trillion. We're adding a trillion dollars a year. Oh, but Mark, the economy's so great. We got low unemployment. Uh, yeah, the unemployment rate is fantastic the growth rate sucks balls it's less than two percent now and the every indication on the horizon is that the economy is slowing Manufa we're losing manufacturing jobs you know i just saw uh numbers out of pennsylvania wisconsin michigan those areas those rust belt states that trump flipped from blue to red just barely by the skin of his teeth less than one percent of the vote margin of victory, uh, those areas that voted for him largely over trade issues have now lost manufacturing jobs since Trump took office. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what's going on out there. How do, you, how do you like them apples? Want to tell me how we're winning so much? How this is going to be a landslide? <laughs> so ridiculous. Um, here's one, speaking of landslide. Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney Trump's chief of staff is out there saying that Republicans, that excuse me, that President Trump will win a 45-state landslide if the Democrats keep pursuing impeachment. A 45-state landslide. You have to be on drugs 
if you think Trump is going to win a 45-state landslide. It's, it's almost impossible, given the way the Electoral College is set out right now and, and how the states are lining up, red state, you know, solid red states versus solid blue states. It's all but impossible for any Republican today to win a 45-state landslide. Least of all, Trump. We live in this world where Republicans think he's the most popular president in, in modern American history. These people are freaking delusional. Trump's approval is still in the low 40s. It's been in the low 40s since he took office. It's never deviated from that. And it remains in the low 40s. This is not the stuff of 45 state landslide victories. It's not going to happen. How are you going to get there? Even if there's a backlash against impeachment, how are you going to get to 45 states? And how big could this backlash possibly be? Every poll, everyone, whether, you know, pick your poll. And I know we're not supposed to believe the polls because the polls are all fake news. They got them wrong in 2016. Actually, the polls got it largely right in 2016, as I've explained. It's the people analyzing the polls and making predictions off the polls that got it wildly wrong. The the real clear average of polls right before the election in 2016 showed Hillary Clinton winning the popular vote by, I don't know, like two, two point something percent. I, I, I forget. The point is, it was off by about 1%. 1%. The real clear average of the real clear politics average of polls versus the actual results was only off by like 1% from the total. Okay, that's actually pretty damn accurate. What happened was all the political talking heads, the polls, uh, the uh, political hacks on all the networks and everything looked at the polls and and all proclaimed that Hillary was going to win in a landslide, even though the polls really weren't showing that. If you wanted to be honest about it. Because the national polls don't matter. It's the state polls that matter. The state polls never showed a landslide for Hillary. You've been propagandized on this point since 2016. But I know we're supposed to ignore all the polls. Fine, ignore the polls. Remember when the polls were showing that the Democrats were going to win back the House in 2018, and we had people on our side saying, "Oh, the oh, they're just fake polls. We're really Republicans are really going to win in a landslide. Trump is so popular. We're going to expand our majority in the House." How did that turn out? No, it turns out those polls were exactly right, exactly right. But the polls, we can't believe the polls. Anyways, take a look at these polls. Job approval rating for 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 Trump. You know, strongly approve of Trump, strongly disapprove of Trump. Trump has about 40% who solidly approve of him. His solid base of support, 40%. There's 45 to 48% who hate his freaking guts. And that has been incredibly consistent since before he won the White House. That's not changed at all. If you have been hating Trump with everything you have for the last three years... Are you suddenly going to support, start supporting him because the Democrats are trying to impeach him? No, you're not. Now, maybe some of the people, some of the few people in this country who are actually undecided about Trump. <laughs> can you even believe that such people even exist? They're undecided about Trump. How can anybody be undecided about Trump? But whatever. 
What about these few people in the middle who might be undecided about Trump? Might they be swayed to support Trump? Yes. Yes, I could see that. I could see some a, a backlash among those people if depending upon how this impeachment turns out against the Democrats. I can I could see that maybe. But how many people are we talking about? And they're not all going to side with Trump. And when you're almost at 50% of the vote who hates Trump, hates him, hates him, freaking hates him. How do you get to a 45 state landslide when you're starting with numbers like that? If Trump wins, it's going to be once again by the skin of his teeth. That's how he's going to win. He needs to run the table. He needs to hold on to the states that he won last time. That's how he's going to win. He's not going to win no 45 state landslide. Not based on anything I'm seeing right now. Now, if that starts to change, I mean, who knows what could happen in the future. But based on what I'm seeing right now, there's zero chance of a 45 state landslide. People on our side are just delusional. Okay, let's see here. Um, let's 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 just get into it. Let's talk about this impeachment just a little bit. Um, more just about the politics of it because it's just so infuriating just to listen to all the stupidity er everywhere. Um, I've been telling you that this thing is going to turn on the facts, what this inv investigation uncovers. And I know as of right now, Republicans in the Senate, there's no way that they're going to remove him from office. But this investigation is just beginning. It's just beginning. We don't know where this is going to end up. And to say that there's no way Republicans would remove him from office is is ridiculous, in my opinion. Um, because one, a lot of Senate Republicans hate President Trump. They're only sticking beside him because of politics, because Trump is incredibly popular in the Republican Party right now. And they're not going to remove a popular Republican president when they themselves are Republicans. It's a kiss of death. They're not going to do that. But they're not having a trial in the Senate right now. They're not even having an impeachment vote in the House yet. Who knows where we're going to end up? It all is going to eventually turn on public opinion. If public opinion, you know, if the, if the Republican base stays with Trump and there's no peel off, then he's going to be fine. And even if he's impeached in the House, he will weather the storm in the Senate. He will not be removed. But depending upon what comes out, if his support among the Republicans in the Republican Party begins to erode at all, that's a different story. And you don't have to get the entire Republican Party to abandon him in order to pick up enough Republicans in the Senate to vote against him, especially when you consider that not all of them are up for re-election in 2020. Many of them aren't going to be up for a re-election for another four years, which is a lifetime in politics. You know, many of them might be betting that, you know, I can vote to remove Trump and four years from now, that vote's not going to hurt me. Trump's going to be ancient history. No one's going to, no one's going to be mad at me anymore for that. That could be their calculation. I don't know. There's so many things up in the air. But just to say as a blanket statement of fact that there's no way Republicans will remove him in the Senate, I think that's ridiculous. We'll have to see what things look like when we get to that point. But we're just at the very beginning of this investigation. We're not even close to a, an impeachment vote in the House yet, let alone a vote on a trial in the Senate. 
Okay, so what, what, what's some of the things going on with this impeachment thing? So we got Mitch, uh, Mitt Romney talking against the president. He's, he's not happy uh, with this whole impeachment thing. And, of course, Trump goes and attacks him naturally. Uh, I'm hearing, here's a tweet from Trump. I'm hearing that the great people of Utah are considering their vote for their pompous senator, Mitt Romney, to be a big mistake. I agree. <laughs> really? You told them to vote for Mitt Romney. My God, we live in this crazy world, man. We live in bizarro world. Trump, you agree that it was a big mistake? So you were wrong in endorsing Romney because you told every Romney, there was, there was an actual conservative running against Romney in, in the primary. You cut that guy's legs out from under him when you endorsed Romney in the Republican primary. You're the reason Mitt Romney is senator. Now you're saying that was a big mistake. Whatever. I continue with Trump's tweet here. Uh, I agree. He is a fool who is playing right into the hands of the do-nothing Democrats. Impeach Mitt Romney. Um, I guess the president isn't aware that you cannot impeach a member of Congress. Just, you know, just... Because I told you, the, the, the Constitution actually matters here, so I'm not going to uh, pretend that this isn't a stupid thing to say. Uh, you cannot impeach members of Congress. You can impeach members of the judiciary and senior members of the administration, uh, of executive branch officials. You can impeach them. You cannot impeach members of Congress. Now, each House, Congress, the uh, uh, House of Representatives and the Senate can expel their respective members. Members of the House can expel other members of the House. The Senate can expel senators. Uh, but you can't impeach anyone. It's a completely different process. But I guess uh, Trump doesn't know that. And I'm, I'm not that I'm surprised he doesn't know that. Okay, here's another one from Trump. So crooked Hillary Clinton can delete and acid wash 33,000 emails after getting a subpoena from the United States Congress, but I can't make one totally appropriate telephone call to the president of Ukraine? Witch hunt. So crooked Hillary can delete and she can get away. Um, does he not know um, that he's president? He he's been doing this his entire administration. He acts as if he doesn't control the Justice Department. He acts like he has no control over the DOJ at all. You know, someone should suggest that the president actually read his job description, which is contained in Article 2 of the Constitution, because that will tell him what authority he has as president. He acts as if the Department of Justice is a fourth branch of government over which he has no authority. The, the exact opposite of true is true. He controls the Department of Justice. Now, he can decide that he wants to be completely hands-off and let the Attorney General do whatever the hell that person wants, but he doesn't have to. Trump could get as involved in the goings-on at the DOJ as he wants to. It's his prerogative as President of the United States. But he always acts like he has no say. It's infuriating. And, you know, it's uh, we should point out that we are almost three years in and not one single person involved in that Russia collusion hoax has been held to account. Not one. In fact, in fact, most of the big players have gotten fabulously wealthy 
since they engaged in this, what is really the biggest and worst scandal in American history. The attempt to frame a president of the United States and remove him from office. That's what happened. And not a single person has been held to account. In fact, they have gotten fabulously wealthy. Become millionaires off of their bogus book deals. And they're laughing in our faces. James Comey is laughing in our face on Twitter all the time. Andrew McCabe is on CNN laughing in our face. Barack Obama, he's buying $15 million mansions every other week laughing in our face. And every other member of his administration, John Brennan, James Clapper, all of them laughing in our faces. Now, is that going to change? I don't know. It could. I don't know what Bill Barr's doing. I don't know what this Durham guy is doing. Maybe they're actually going to do something. I don't know. All I know is it should have been done a long time ago. If, if something happens, that's great. But it should have been done well over a year ago. Well over a year ago. I mean, some of these cases are simple cases. Lying to a FISA court. You got the affidavit that they submitted in support of their uh, wiretap request, their surveillance request, in which they state facts that were lies to a FISA court. That's exhibit A in their criminal trial. That's number one piece of evidence. You prove that these things were knowing lies and there's your case. This is not some complex litigation that you have to pour over 15 million documents. They have everything they need already to prove that these statements made to a FISA court in support of their application for surveillance warrants were lies. There's your case. But no, we're still waiting. We're still waiting. Meanwhile, uh, the only people who actually went to prison over any of this stuff were the people who were loyal to Trump. Many of whom, or some of whom did absolutely nothing wrong. Like Michael Flynn, he's still got prison hanging over his head. All right, what else here? Judge tosses a lawsuit to keep uh, Trump's taxes secret. Yeah, I warned you about this, and I'll get into this more in a future podcast. I warned you, I don't know, back in the summer sometime, that although the Department of Justice has a policy that a sitting president cannot be indicted, that is not a settled area of the law. That has never been litigated. The Supreme Court has never weighed in on that. And that Office of Legal Counsel opinion that that must be obeyed by the Justice Department is not binding on the states and local prosecutors. Okay? They can indict the president. Of course, it would then be litigated that Trump, Trump would file a motion to quash and all that stuff. But there's nothing preventing a state or local prosecutor from indicting the president. And as part of an investigation into Trump um, by state prosecutors in New York, they have sought to get Trump's tax returns. Trump tried to block that by suing in federal court to stop it, and the judge slapped him down. An appeals court's going to ultimately decide on this, and who knows, it might make its way all the way up to the Supreme Court. But a federal district judge did shot you know, shoot down Trump's arguments that he is immune from prosecution. And the judge specifically said, look, I don't have to follow that office of legal counsel of the DOJ opinion about whether or not a sitting president can be indicted. I don't, that's not binding on me. It's not binding on the states. And I don't agree with that opinion. So I'm not following it. 
That's essentially what happened there. So we'll see where that goes. But I told you, I warned you that, you know, I would not be surprised that if that in 2020, some state or local prosecutor files criminal charges against the president. They're going to pull out all the stops. And if impeachment is not is not successful at removing Trump, then they just might get a Democrat hack prosecutor to file criminal charges against the president. So keep your eyes on that. Okay, what else do I got? Okay, impeachment. I told you this was going to turn on facts. I told you that the transcript of the telephone call was not the end of the story. Democrats are subpoenaing documents. They're subpoenaing witnesses. Now, if there's absolutely nothing to this, if Trump's phone call was perfect and he did nothing wrong, as he claims, he really should just let all this stuff out right now and get it over with. Let the American people see that there's nothing here. Let this impeachment thing fall flat on its face. Let Trump's popularity go up and let's put this by, behind us and let's start focusing on some issues. That's what I would like to see happen. But that's not what's happening. Now Trump is uh, blocking uh, Gordon Sondland, the ambassador for Ukraine, from testifying to Congress. Okay, So now there's going to be fights over that. Congress has already, the House has already said that any efforts to block witnesses from testifying will be viewed as obstruction of justice and may form the basis of, of articles of impeachment. So that's where we are. I have a AP story here that says that the president's team has decided on an impeachment strategy of delaying and stalling this process, dragging it out, denying the, the uh, Congress's effort to get documents, to subpoena witnesses, and just stall this thing and drag it out. I don't think that's a good idea <clears throat> because people don't like cover-ups. Uh, people don't like when you don't cooperate and hand over documents. And if you don't cooperate and hand over documents, it gives the Democrats ammunition to say that you're engaging in a cover-up. And you may start to lose public opinion. People don't like cover-ups. They think you have something to hide. Whether you do have something to hide or not, people assume that you do. And I told you, this eventually is going to all turn on public opinion. If Trump starts to lose public opinion, he is susceptible to being removed from office because Republicans in this Senate don't like him. And if they can impeach him and remove him from office without suffering personally, politically, uh, then a lot of these senators will happily kick Trump's ass out of office. So losing public opinion is a bad move. Now, I don't know if Trump will lose public opinion, over these uh, stalling tactics, but he could because you know damn well Democrats are going to start screaming, cover up, cover up. Well, we'll see how it goes. Here's a poll. A majority of I hate these autoplays videos. Okay. From the Hill, majority in new polls supports impeachment inquiry. Almost half backs Trump removal from office. A majority of respondents in a new poll supports the impeachment inquiry into President Trump while almost half back his removal from office. The Washington, the Washington Post SCAR school poll released early Tuesday found that 58% say the House was correct to launch the inquiry compared to 38% who disagreed. Almost half, 49%, said lawmakers in the lower chamber should impeach Trump and call for his removal from office. 
So 49% want Trump impeached and removed from office. Already, before this investigation really has, has gotten off the ground, already 49% want him removed from office. That's not based on facts because we don't have a lot of facts. That's based on 49% of the respondents to this poll hating the president's guts, like I told you. How do you take 49% of the people who hate Trump so much that they want him not only impeached but removed from office before they even hear any of the facts of this case? How do you go from 49% who hate him that much to a 45-state landslide victory in 2020? You don't. That's the answer. You don't. That's crazy talk. That's, That's members of the Trump administration deluding themselves. And let me tell you something. Just observing Trump, observing his administration, observing what he says, his tweets and all that. Let me tell you who Trump's chief advisors are. Let me tell you who he listens to. Let me tell you who informs his decisions on policy and politics. Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, and Mark Levin, among others. But those are the chief people to whom he listens. Those are the people that he bases his decisions off of. I'm telling you. And he is being poorly served by that because he has a skewed perception of reality. Because he believes by listening to these guys that he is like the most popular president ever. He believes the the trope that this impeachment effort could only serve to help Trump. That's what these people are putting out all the time. Now, it may turn out to be correct depending upon what happens. But as I've explained to you, I think the opposite is the most likely thing to happen. I think regardless of whether or not Trump is removed from office, I think that this only serves to hurt him. Because at at the bottom of all this, is some stupidity on the part of Trump. This was not a perfect phone call. Whether anything he did was criminal or uh, a, an abuse of power sufficient to remove him from office, you know, that's debatable. Let's see what happens. We're certainly not there now. But what we certainly do know is that this was stupid, what Trump did. And if you can't admit that what Trump said on that phone call was stupid, then you're just you're just a mindless cheerleading hack or you don't really understand why this was serious. And you need to do some reflection on this. You need to read some serious people. It's not good. It's not good to use the power of your office to pressure a foreign leader to investigate a single person who is your likely chief political rival. Yes, it's fine to seek foreign assistance in rooting out corruption, but don't don't insult our intelligence. That's not what was going on. He wanted dirt on Biden. At the time of this phone call, Biden was like 20, 25% percentage points against everybody else in the Democrat field. It looked like Biden was going to be his opponent. Now, it doesn't look like that now, but that's what it looked like in July when he made this phone call. And he had his personal attorney involved in this. There is no legitimate reason for Rudy Giuliani, his personal attorney, to be involved in any of this. Now, I'm sure they will come up with some explanation. Oh, the State Department asked me to. 
That's ridiculous. There's no legitimate reason for the State Department to ask him to. There just isn't. This was political. Okay? We all know it. Now, I know we don't like to be honest because we're just supposed to put our partisan hats on and just defend Trump no matter what. But can we at least on this podcast alone be honest that that was pretty freaking stupid? That's what, but that's what he was doing. That's not appropriate. Is it a high crime and misdemeanor? I don't know. That's debatable. And that's ultimately up to the House and then the Senate. They get to decide if it constitutes high crimes or misdemeanors. You know, we can make those decisions, but we don't, you know, we could come to that conclusion for ourselves, but we don't have a vote on the matter. But there's, there, there, you're not going to have a case go before a judge or the Supreme Court and and make a ruling on whether or not something constitutes a high crime or misdemeanor. It's not going to go to a court. It's a purely political question. So ultimately, that decision is up to the House and then the Senate. But at, at minimum, it was stupid. And the longer this goes on, and the more witnesses come forward, um, it's not good for the president. And again, this just feeds into the shit show that has been the hallmark of the Trump presidency. Whether it's all Trump's fault or not, and a lot of it isn't, but much of it is, uh, this whole thing has been a shit show. We don't talk about issues in this country, ever. Almost ever, anyway. We talk about Robert Mueller. We talk about Russia. Now we talk about Ukraine. We talk about Trump's tweets. Uh, whether or not he's a racist. Whether or not he's a sexist. Whether or not he um, nailed a porn star and then tried to pay her off. All this kind of crap. It's a shit show. A lot of people are sick of it. I know a lot of people, the core of his base, like a good solid 40%, love it. But you're not going to get elected. You're not going to get reelected with 40%. And according to this poll, at least 49% who want him removed from office certainly don't like it and hate his guts so much that they want him removed from office without even hearing any of the facts. That's where you're starting. You're starting with about 40% of Trump just worshipers and you got about 49%, if this poll is accurate, of people who absolutely despise the president with every fiber of their being and then you have some people in the middle. And those people... You know, I, you know, I don't know. I don't have a poll on this, but I'm just going from my gut instinct here. I bet a lot of them are sick of this shit show. They might be happy with the unemployment rate. They might be, ha- I don't know what the hell else they'd be happy about, f- frankly, because what else really is going on? I- illegal immigration through the roof, debt through the roof, um, government expanding. Uh, I mean, what, what else is there to be happy about? The economy is about it. So they might be happy about the economy. There's nothing else really in terms of issues to be happy about. We don't even discuss any issues. It's just the nonstop shit show. And this impeachment thing is just more of the same shit show. And at some point, even if they don't blame Trump for all this, even if they know that it's also Democrats and and, and they don't put all the blame on Trump, at some point, many of them might say, you know what, I I, I, I like Trump's done a good job. But I just, I don't want him in office anymore because I want this shit show to come to an end. And people know that as long as Trump is in office, whether this is his fault or not, the fact of the matter is, this is what we'll be obsessed with from now until Trump leaves office. Whether that is 
uh, he's impeached and removed, whether or not he leaves office in January 2021 when a, a Democrat president who wins the election is sworn in, or whether Trump wins a second term and, um, you know, serves his whole eight years. Until he leaves office, it's going to be nonstop shit show as it has been since the moment he was sworn in, whether it's his fault or not. And of course, much of it is his fault. A lot of people just want it to end. And they know that it won't end until he's out of office. So a lot of them might just say, you know what? I, 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 I don't want this anymore. I just give me somebody else. So to make it and just make it stop. I want this to stop. And that's, that's to me how this impeachment thing, even if they don't turn up anything that really is devastating to Trump, even if he, even if he's, you know, not even impeached, the longer this drags on, the more the shit show drags on and the more people get fed up with the whole thing. So I don't see how this possibly helps him at all. And if that is the White House's strategy to delay, to, you know, just, just drag out this process by stonewalling Congress by saying, no, um, we're not going to let members of our administration um, come to Capitol Hill to testify. No, we're not going to give you those documents. No, 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 no. And then you know, the Democrats are gonna, aren't going to just say, oh, okay, I guess we don't have anything then. They're not going to do that. This thing will just drag on and on and on and on. Meanwhile, Democrats will be screaming every day that there's a cover-up that Trump is stonewalling, that he's, he's, he's covering up his crimes, that's what we'll get. And the American people, not the 40% of Trump worshipers, and not the 49% who hate his guts, but the, the few people in the middle, those people will be looking at it and they'll be able to see objectively, okay, Trump's not turning over documents. Trump is refusing to let his people testify. And they'll start asking, because it's only natural and it's human nature, what is he hiding? Why is it? And people do not like a cover-up. I'm telling you. It's, it's cliche at this point, but it's true. Oftentimes, the cover-up is worse than the crime, even if there was no crime. Okay? Whatever happened, oftentimes, the cover-up is worse. So, Trump listening to Fox News, Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, Mark Levin, telling him that there's nothing here, that his phone call was perfectly fine, which it isn't, I don't think helps. And telling him that he cannot help but win in a landslide if Trump, if Democrats continue down the road of impeachment. This does not help him. He's got a skewed version of reality if he just keeps listening to these talk radio people. And we know for a fact that he does. I mean, he's constantly tweeting out what Rush Limbaugh said or Mark Levin said or, or, or tweeting out a clip from the Mark Levin show or something Dan Bongino said or whatever. He's constantly listening to these people. And if, you know, be, they're telling him what he wants to hear. And he's, he's not being well served by that if that's who he's listening to. Because what you get from Rush Limbaugh, from all these people, you're not getting reality. You're getting cheerleading. And they're not telling you the full facts. They, I don't think many of these people understand a lot of these issues. Anyways... Okay, what else? Do I have anything else here? State Department, polls. No, that's going to do it for me today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, please help spread word of this podcast. If you, have, if you know of people, 
friends, family, who are actually serious about things, who aren't cheerleaders, because obviously uh, those people are not gonna like, <laughs> are not gonna like this podcast. They're gonna get very very triggered. But if you do know any serious people who are sick of the shit show, who actually are interested in the issues and the future of the country, then have them listen. And remember, follow me on Facebook, like my page over there. Uh, follow me on Twitter if you're not already doing so, markpantano.com. Make sure you bookmark my website and or subscribe to it by email so you don't miss anything over there. And uh, that'll do it. So until next time, my friends, remember, continue to fight the left like your freedom depends on it. Because it does.